This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, June 29th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. He's not saying much in public or otherwise, but many polls are showing that former Vice President Joe Biden has a significant lead in the presidential race. So on the issue of trade, what would a President Biden do? And does Congress appear likely to claw back any of the massive authorities vested in a president with respect to trade policy? Simon Lester is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute. We spoke last week. I can recall uh, our colleague Dan Eikenson talking about the Obama administration's trade policy and what that looked like. And I remember the disappointment uh, that he expressed over the manner in which President Obama sold trade and so specifically free trade agreements as uh, beneficial. He seemed to say, well, we have to do this in order to get some specific benefit from these other countries. And yeah, we'll be we'll have to deal with the consequences of that as if trade is not, uh, you know, a positive sum game. And uh, so what should we expect from a Joe Biden presidency with respect to trade? What do we know about what he has to say about it? Well, I, I think that one big difference between a Biden and an Obama trade policy is is the circumstances under which it started. Um, so, you know, Obama came into office in the, in the midst of the financial crisis. Um, uh, Biden and, and, and following up on the Bush administration, which had been somewhat pro-trade, Biden, if he were elected, would take office under a number of different crises, but also following uh, Donald Trump and, and his aggressive and chaotic approach to trade. So this is going to be very speculative, but I can see how a, a Joe Biden um, w- would, would be much more positive on trade than, than Obama is, you know, was. O- Obama certainly was, was half-hearted about it. Um, Took took too long to to uh, to really get certain initiatives going. The Trans Pacific Partnership, the the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, the, the trade agreement with, with Europe, and you know you you could imagine that Biden would just be a repeat of that. But but given the circumstances with Trump, um, you could see he has an opportunity here to be uh, a little more I- involved, a little more passionate. Um, because I, I think what we've seen is that the Trump pr- approach to trade has not been that popular. And I think that gives Biden an excuse, a reason to say, you know what, we're, we're going to make the case for trade. And, you know, if you look through his various statements so far, we've all gotten distracted by pandemics and protests. But but back when we were talking a little bit about substance, he had some positive things to say about trade. You can sort of parse through it and say, well, you know, could have been more positive. And what about this statement here? But on balance, you know, I, I, I do think that he'll see this as an opportunity um, to do something uh, you know, popular, politically popular, um, and and also good policy to to be a little more gung ho for trade. That now that's maybe a little bit hopeful on my part, but I, I I you can make the case that that he will actually do that. How much does it matter that uh, Democrats, at least over the last two years, have expressed support for free trade in numbers that we haven't seen, uh, if not in a long time ever? Yeah, the, I mean, the Democratic voter base, I think it's sort of reacting to what Trump is doing and it's making them more positive about trade. I think that that should matter. I think it could matter. I, I think it probably will matter. Um, yeah, when, when you're seeing when you're seeing I mean, politicians react to what people think and it's not always sort of a, a direct correlation, but it's there. It's going to have an influence. So so I, I think that could and should influence 
uh, a Biden, you know, trade policy uh, to to be more pro trade than we've seen from, um, you know, the average Democratic politician. Um, you know, measuring that precisely is difficult. But uh, but I think we're gonna we're going to see something you know move in a more pro trade direction because of that uh, voter support. Now we saw uh, President Trump exercising a lot of unilateral power over trade, uh, specifically Section 232, in order to impose tariffs on aluminum and steel imports. Uh, This was supposedly to help domestic industries. It's not clear that uh, that (laughs) outside of the narrow interests of steel and aluminum uh, manufacturers, it's not clear that that was uh, beneficial. But uh, to the extent that uh, Joe Biden has made statements about uh, using the power of the presidency to reverse a lot of these uh, uh, tariffs that the president has imposed, what what has he said? I, I don't know if he's gotten to that level of detail. Um, I think what he has said is we shouldn't be having trade wars with our allies. And so a, a sort of big picture, I think what he's saying is, you know, the Section 232 tariffs on steel and aluminum from the EU, from Canada, from Japan, you know, those don't make a lot of sense and, and we need to undo that. Um, more broadly, I, I think there's an opportunity here uh, to, to rebalance the, the power over trade uh, between Congress and, and the presidency. I mean, the Constitution gives power over trade to Congress. Um, over the years, Congress has delegated a lot of that power um, to, to the president and there's been a lot of talk about, about rebalancing over the past couple of years, but I think a, a Republican-led Senate's unlikely to, to, to take action now in a way that would seem to be a rebuke uh, to, to President Trump. But if you, you can imagine a, a Joe Biden um, as president uh, sitting down with Congress and saying, look, you know, we saw what happened under the Trump administration. You know, let, let's think about um, you know, what exactly the balance of power should be. Do we need to rethink the, the statute, Section 232 and some other statutes, make sure that Congress has more of a say um, on these kinds of tariffs. So, you know, for example, you know, you, you could have the president um, uh, propose a tariff, but it have to be approved by Congress before it went into effect. So so I think that, you know, in, in the specific tariffs at issue, I, I think a, a Biden administration would be likely to re- remove uh, many of them, perhaps not all. There's some other statutes, Section 301 statute involving trade with China. I think that's going to be more complicated, but the Section 232 steel and aluminum tariffs, I think, would be simpler. Um, so I, I think uh, a Biden administration is likely to to repeal those um, and, and hopefully engage in sort of a broader discussion with Congress about you know, what the proper allocation of power over trade is. So uh, do you expect to the extent that uh, Congress, you know, whatever the composition of Congress is in uh, January 2021, that a president, if he wins, Joe Biden would find uh, a pretty welcoming Congress with respect to trying to re-engage all the supply chains that uh, a President Trump that President Trump has tried to sort of break. It's always going to be complicated. What, whatever the whatever the breakdown of Congress is, um, you know what we're looking at probably is the, the Democrats in the House. I think everyone's assuming that, and then the Senate's more more up in the air. And so, uh, you know, I think it does matter what the precise balance is. Um, and, and whether, you know, across all the issues, how well is Biden able to work with that Congress? And then in that context, how well can he work with them on trade? Um, you know, I, I think that uh, the Republicans were traditionally the pro-trade party. We don't we don't know anymore. Um, but I can certainly see how 
uh, a business-friendly Republican Senate and uh, a Biden administration and a Democratic House, if it's if it's got more of the pro-trade view, I can see how they can they can work together on all these things, and Congress will be somewhat welcoming. Um, but but it does matter at, at the margins who the actual people are in Congress, and um, you know who are these specific Democrats, who are these specific Republicans. So there's no guarantee um, that'll be welcoming. I, I don't want to you know promise anyone anything. Uh, I, I'm hopeful that it will be. Um, but I, I think we do have to, you know, let all these elections play out and see who all the different people are, who the players are, and you know how how they approach this issue. To the extent that Congress is uh, willing to play ball with a President Biden who is, relatively speaking, more free trade friendly, um, to what extent might they want to claw back some of the massive amounts of authority that uh, Congress's past have handed over to the White House? You would think that Congress would, would want to claw that back. And it comes up in another a number of ways. And we've already talked about some of them. But one example has has been President Trump keeps talking about how he's going to withdraw from this trade agreement or that trade agreement. And there's, there's kind of an open question over whether he has the authority to do so. And some of the statutory language is, is a bit vague. So I would think that whatever party you're in, whatever your position is on trade, if you're in Congress, you would want some clarity on that, and you would probably want to, to make sure that you, you in Congress, uh, ha- have that power. So I think there, there, there should be a push uh, among members of Congress to, to take that power back. Um, I mean, I suppose there's an argument that they don't want the power; they don't want to have to make that decision. They'd rather push it off to somebody else. But I don't know. And to me, it seems like if you're if you're doing your job as a member of Congress and the Constitution gives you this power, you should want to ensure that you have it, uh, that you can exercise it. Um, so I, I think that's the, that's the reasonable thing to do. Uh, you know, obviously, when you have a Congress made up of two different parties, it's hard. Even if they agree in principle, sometimes they end up fighting. Um, so there, there are reasons that these things don't get done. But a sensible, reasonable Congress, in my view, should want to clarify these things and, and make sure that they have the power that, that's given to them in the Constitution. Simon Lester is a trade policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.